Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Friday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 201. So we're now on a quest to get to 300 after we had our 200th episode. So now we're 201 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Buster. So why do I love Fridays? Not because it's the end of the work week, because it's another podcast day, which means I'm going to meet with another fantastic guest. And between the two of us, we're going to help you overcome obstacles, and get out of your own way so you can reach the success that you want to reach in life. So if you're brand new, if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining the live feed on either of my Facebook pages, please like and share. And why do I look like I'm frozen? Am I frozen? Megan, can you hear me? Hey. Okay, I think I'm back now. Okay, I'm having all kinds of tech issues today, so the green screen isn't working. I just froze up for a second, so I'm not sure what's happening, but we're going to smile and we're going to make the best of it. All right, so again, if you're brand new, you don't know who I am, let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. Alright, so before I bring my guest on, you know we have to do the teachable moment of the day. And... What I want to want to emphasize to you is to do something. I'm not gonna get the live feed on here. Is do something that scares the hell out of you. Right? Do something that you've kind of wanted to do, but you've just been afraid to do it. And just do it. Like it's it's really that simple. Just do it because what what that's gonna do is that's gonna speed up your growth. So as a fitness coach, I do this every single day. So whether it's a farmer's carry, whether it's a rope climb, whether it's gymnastics rings, just w- no matter what it is. People tend to look at the obstacle and immediately defeat themselves. 
Like, oh, what is that? I can't do that. It's like, how do you know you can't do that? Just because right now you might be a little afraid of it, but just try it. You might try it and then realize it's not that bad. And then once you realize it's not that bad, you just opened up a whole new realm of things that you're capable of accomplishing. All right. So that's all I got for today's teachable moment. Just try something that you've never tried before. Might be a little bit scary. And then you'll realize that you're already badass enough to get it done. All right. So that's my message for today. All right. So today we're going to be talking about thinking outside of the box. And we're going to cover a whole lot of other topics. But just when I went through her, her, her bio, that was the part that stood out to me. And hey, my sister's on. Hi, Monique. And so let me bring in Megan Doherty. And I hope I pronounced that right. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to have we're just gonna have a conversation about life and just helping people just become the best version of themselves. So how are you doing today? I am so well. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. And you're from Canada, huh? I am. Yep. Born awesome. and raised. <laughs> in, the, in the last two weeks, I think I think you're my third or fourth one from, from Canada. So. I know. We just, we just pop up all over the place. <laughs> all over. I'm telling you. And you said Quebec area? Yeah. So I live in uh, Gatineau, Quebec, which is uh, just on the border with Ontario. So Ottawa, the capital. It's okay. basically kind of one city, the region I live in. Uh, gotcha. But I live on the Quebec side. All right. So that's over here, like eastish side, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, straight north from Vermont. Gotcha. Okay. I love, <laughs> I love Vermont. Haven't been to Canada yet, but I love Vermont. Oh, you've got to come. You've got to come in the summer. Come in the summer. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I will come in the summer, but I told myself I'm going to visit all 50 states before I leave the country. Yeah, that's fair. So, that's a, that's yeah. a great goal. See, and if 2020 didn't mess with us, I would have been, I'd be so much closer because right now I think I'm at 34 states. So 2020, I was supposed to hit Montana, Mm-hmm. Idaho, Hawaii, Alaska. Like I was, was going to hit some of the some of the bigger ones, and then Rona said, "Uh-uh." Uh, I, I hear that. I mean, I usually usually I travel to the states a couple times a year for conferences yes. to visit friends or my my, my partner's family is there. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't been since 2019, so I'm just like, "Hi, America! Nice to see you from up here. <laughs> Can't wait to visit again." <laughs> nice. Are you originally from Canada? Yep, I uh, I grew up in Ottawa, is the town I grew in. Then I moved to um, Montreal, kind of the, the bigger city nearby, which 18-year-olds in Ottawa do. Uh, we moved to Montreal, <laughs> Toronto, or Vancouver. And uh, I lived there for 10 years. Yeah. And about five years ago, I moved back um, to the Ottawa area to spend more time with my family, especially my grandmother, okay. uh, which was, uh, uh, it's been really nice. It's a noble reason, very noble. <laughs> I like it. What, what do you like about living there besides family? Oh, it's a, it's a it's a beautiful part of the country. Um, my my people are from New Brunswick, which I think is you know that's the most beautiful part of Canada, no question. So for, further east, um, but yeah. around here we've got Gatineau Hills. Um, Ottawa's a really lovely. There's lots of green space, uh, lots of arts events, uh, a surprisingly mm. robust burlesque scene for a small city. Okay, uh, but uh, you know lots lots of um, investment in the arts. Really nice people around here, um, mm. and it's it's kind of interesting to live in in a, in a nation's capital. Um, we get to be angry at our politicians in person. So that's... <laughs> versus like on Twitter here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I could just go across the river. It's just like apartment buildings. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter here. When they, people talk about politics, it's an absolute dumpster fire. It's like people. Yep. I was like, like if, if people actually took their own goals as seriously as they take fighting for politics, th- there would be no poverty, none. <laughs> I mean, because people like it. Like relationships end, friendships end. It, it it's insane. Coworkers at each other's necks. You know, like like my brother is a diehard Democrat, and mm-hmm. I'm an I'm an independent. But but yep. because I disagree with some of the things he says, he lumps me in with the Republicans. And it's like, dude, it's like you know, I'm entitled to my own thoughts. It's like just because I think X Y Z doesn't mean I'm for a particular party. 
you know it's yeah. like it's like none, none of them really care about us <laughs> they care about our boats yeah, and it would no, be cool if there were more like independence, you know, or at least, you know, more more than two kind of sides to the equation because yes. there's so many more ways than two of looking at things. Exactly. Uh, two two say, is not enough. Say, and that's relevant to thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's okay. It's like, there are some things that, that the right side sa says where I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But then and there's other things that have me scratching my head. And it's the mm -hmm. same thing on the left side. There's, okay, that makes sense. So like everyone should have healthcare. Everyone should have but then there's other things where it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. You know, like, that's why I just stay right down the center, mm -hmm. and, you know, but any, any which way. So let's talk about you and let's get to know <laughs> you a little, little bit better. So <laughs> it's like, yay, me. <laughs> All right. So how would your best friend describe you? Oh, see, that, that's a, that's a good question. That's, that's a, a really excellent way to ask that question, by the way, as it's, someone who works in podcasting, a fantastic strategy. And I thought about it a little um, okay. because, you know, uh, you make the excellent point. People will give you the resume if you just ask. Yes. Uh, tell me about yourself. So I thought about my best friend and she would probably describe me as, you know, a highly competent professional, really good strategic mind, really tech savvy, but deep down, just on, well, not even that deep down, just under the surface, <laughs> a giant nerd, huge mm. nerd, um, really into... Yeah, the historical fiction, the spreadsheets, the data, the MCU. Let's let's say that. Oh yeah. And even further beneath that, she's just a big old hippie, vegetable growing, <laughs> you know, food preserving, at one with nature. Uh, so that's mm. that's probably. Uh, oh, um, she would also say I'm pretty likely to, when angered, fly off the handle a little bit because I'm an Aries. Because um, oh. my best friend is very into astrology. <laughs> So, that's that's right. I think how a listener would describe me. I don't believe you know, willing to help, good listener, uh, nice. and and you know, excited to get to do things. Ultimately, excited about the world. So in in astrology, do you know one of Aries' top matches? Uh, I probably do somewhere in my brain, but not that I can recall to mind. <laughs> would be a Leo, and Pingo Biome. Guess who's a Leo? Well, look at that. That's fantastic. <laughs> so we're going to have a great conversation <laughs> because it's in the stars. It's in the stars. And who can argue with the stars? Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, see, I see. I love how you call yourself a giant nerd. So let, let's break that down. What does sure. that mean? Uh, I think um, uh, what that really means to me is that um, I'm not interested or invested in being perceived as cool or, or anything other than what I actually am love um that. you know so so i you know i i love watching history documentaries me too yeah you sign me up for a weekend of that um yes. you know i'm not uh I, I i hair and makeup never learned can't do it um not gonna bother learning now although i deeply respect people who are really good at their hair and makeup that's like a yes. super cool skill <laughs> but <laughs> so i think being a nerd just means like being super um uh honest about what you're actually into and not trying to do things anymore that, that you don't like i remember being you know in my early 20s and then even a little older and you know pretending to like follow music and like be really into what this band's doing with like I don't care <laughs> Dude, I just, I'm not into it <laughs> so kind of letting go of those uh, that need to be perceived a certain way I think is mm. is the heart of nerdism <laughs> heart of nerdism <laughs> exactly and you know you said the word authentic and some people mm -hmm. people act like that's played out but but it's nice like being authentic is the best thing that you can be. And one thing that I've noticed, you know, grow, growing up, it's very easy to fall in, to fall in, into that. Well, everyone else is doing X, Y, Z, so I should. 
And then totally. just as I've, as I've gotten older now, I'm like, I could care less what everyone else is doing. It's like, it's if I don't want to go, I'm not going to go, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like saying, saying no has so much power and mm -hmm. people, people are like, oh, well, well, it's selfish. It's like, yeah, it kind of is because I, I don't want to do that. You know, it's like, I owe it to myself to be me. It's like, yeah. why am I going to go and put myself in an environment that I don't want to be in? Possibly with people I don't want to be around. I'll say possibly, yeah. you know, and like, how is that going to benefit me and my gifts and what I offer to the world? You know, so when you look at it that way, makes yeah. sense. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and I think, and the, the opposite of that is, is equally true. You know, um, giving yourself permission to say yes to the yes, things that true. maybe, you know, don't look cool, aren't what other people in say your industry do, uh, you know, having the, the bravery and the, the self-confidence to do that. Um, it's, it's like you say, it's been my favorite part of getting older. Uh, is yeah. just letting those kind of uh, expectations and those need to please others kind of fade away uh, mm. and just be able to be like, yeah, no, I'm going to stay home and read, you know, trash fiction for the entire weekend <laughs> and it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. See, my sister just just put up a, a good quote my dad used to say, you know, if you're not leading, then then you're not going. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that definitely, that's de definitely how, how my father uh, mm -hmm. taught us, definitely. Because like cool. all of us, like I'm one of, of seven kids. And all wow. of us are, are doing something in some type of leadership position. You know, it's like that's that's what our parents instilled in us. But mainly, mainly dad. Dad always hammered that that fact home. It's like you know, like that's kind of where Shut Up and Grind was born. Yeah. Like long before I got into doing this stuff, just watching him him work in his garage and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, he'll he'll hit a roadblock and he'll figure it out. He'll hit another roadblock. He'll figure it out. Like if he wanted something done, come hella high water, he was getting it done. And it's like, and we all grew up watching that. Yeah. And we all, it, it all got instilled into us. So like. And, and how happy that must make your parents, you know, to see you all taking those important lessons and, and running with them in your lives. Like I can only imagine that must feel so good. Yeah, absolutely. It's like with myself and my own kids, I'm still in uh, waiting for it to fester stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, like, you know, it's in there, you know, like there's pockets of it, mm -hmm. but it's not fully there yet. So, I'm, you know, I'm almost there, but you're almost we're, there. We're I'm sure it. you'll like, get there. You had such a great example. You'll be able to do it. No problem. Yes, absolutely. All right. So what did you see yourself doing as a career when you were younger? Running a restaurant. Okay. Yeah. So I started, um, I started working pretty early. I think I was like 13 or something when I got my first job that was in retail and I hated, nice. I hated retail. Um, mm -hmm. Then I got into food service, working at cafes and becoming a server and then managing front of house. Then I moved to the back of house uh, and did like line cooking, inventory management. Uh, I love working with food. I really, really do. <laughs> um, but I, I think I heard you mention in another episode, you you also have some experience in, uh, in 20 the years. food world. 20 yeah. years. Yeah. So, you know, it's brutal. Yes. <laughs> it's yes, brutal I on do. the body. It's brutal on the mind. It's not super lucrative that's what I thought I was going to do so I, I even mm. you know I graduated high school and, and being at the age and demographic um, there was no question about whether or not I'd go to university that's just what you did um, yeah. so I went to business school and then I got to know business students and I dropped out <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I learned what it meant to be a business. And I was like, nope, I am going to work in a bakery. I'm going to make pies for a living. So I did that for a little while. Okay. Um, but then I, I got hired by um, an internet marketer who um, was also a school dropout. And he was like, you dropped out of business school. I can work with that. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> and so I got into an early stage startup 
and that's how I started my career in marketing. No kidding. It's like I, I dropped out of college three times myself. Like we, yep. we have a we have a lot lot of parallels here with the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it's really industry. cool. We can do an entire episode on just the restaurant industry. God, the stories. Oof. Well, and I mean, it, it's so transferable. I learned so much about being a good manager and about yes. running a business from, you know, being the, the, on the bottom of the food chain in a restaurant <laughs> kitchen. Yeah. You know what the restaurant does, though, is it, it definitely teaches you how to multitask. It teaches oh, yeah. you patience. It teaches you resilience. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, I mean, I've said it in multiple episodes. I, I took what I learned in those 20 years yep. and transferred those lessons into what I'm doing now is like, cause you can say, yo, fitness is a completely different world. It's a completely different niche, but it still has moving parts. You're still working with people. You still have to motivate people. You know, it's yeah. like this, you're still doing customer service. You're still doing, you know, selling and you're doing sales forecasting and profit yeah. and loss and all the other, you know, everything is, it's fully transferable. Absolutely. And so like when I'm working with people and I, I let them know, you know, don't think that you need, 50 other things for you to shift gears it's like you have enough already in your mental Mm -hmm. arsenal to where you can shift gears into doing something that that can get you out of that grind because like i didn't dislike the restaurant industry it was just brutal just just the hours and people calling out and being called in on your day off and all that (sighs) stuff like i didn't want that anymore i'm i i hear you and i I couldn't agree more that like how transferable is even just the ability to quickly evaluate a situation and prioritize what needs to be done next. Yes. I mean, that that's one of the ones I've, I found the most valuable is to be able to be like, okay, no, this is, this is the order in which we need to do things to prevent catastrophe. Yes. <laughs> is... Know what one of the number one skills is though, is when everything is going to absolute hell yeah. and you still have the ability to put the happy face on. It's like that person can do anything. Absolutely. Like this... Right. There's been plenty of times where people were in the back crying. There's cooks mm-hmm. walking out, you know, like there's hosts walking out. Bartenders are flipping a lid. But but they didn't get that one person that's just like, Rob, what can I do to help with a big old smile? It's like that person right there is going to go far in life. You oh, know, if, I, you, yeah. if you can deal with all of that nonsense and still focus on the task at hand, upbeat and personable, it's like you got it. Yeah, I, I like it. No, it's yeah, because you can you can you can be super upset. You can even you can cry if you need to, but you still have to wash those dishes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you still have to get that order out. Exactly. You don't you don't get to not do that just because you're crying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. It de- definitely shows you who you are. Yeah. All right. So, so you get hired by the internet marketer, and and so I want to know what what this person's sales pitch was. It's like like how like what first interests you about it. Well, um, I, I was at the time working uh, in, a, in a production bakery, which is, um, I'd say, in food service world, one of the best ones, you know, nine to five mm-hmm. hours to sit, you know, make scones and pies all day. Like, it's a really pleasant <laughs> job. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I was thinking, I was, I think, 20, 21 or 22, like pretty young at the time. I was thinking, do I want to be doing this for the rest of my life? No, I've, I've got other skills. I like writing. Maybe I can get into, mm-hmm. you know, desk type work and see how that goes for a little while. Um, and so I applied to, the, I went to Craigslist as you did uh, in 20, 2010. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just found an ad, uh, looked you know, marketer's assistant wanted. I said, okay, this looks interesting. And then I found myself in the most intense and ridiculous interview process I'd ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a writing sample. I had to answer questions. I had to take personality tests. I had to do other things. By, by the end of the process, I was only continuing out of spite. Like, this person thinks you can take this much of my time. I'm, I'm getting this job. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like, opportunity cost. I'd invested way too much to, 
<laughs> to, yeah. to back up. And then I, you know, I got the job, and and that was really exciting. And I ended up being, you know, the assistant to uh, someone starting a brand new marketing company. And then over the next six years, the amount of time I worked for him, um, I really got to grow up with the company. I became the director of a whole department um, as the company grew. And it was a phenomenal education, uh, and I had a, a, you know learned so much about business, about managing a team, all these things. And then um, you know when here's the the problem with you know hiring, training someone smart, mentoring them up, they're going to eventually develop different theories about how things should be done. And yep. at a certain point, you're, they're going to want to go a different direction. So that happened. And uh, I moved out and worked on my own for a little while. Did some freelancing, did a couple different things, and then a colleague from that same company reached out one day and said, "Hey." Um, Megan, do you want to start a business together? And I said, with you, Audra? Absolutely. Um, so we had a couple of meetings, decided what to sell and what to it. And we've been doing that ever since. <laughs> nice. So so like, let's go a little more in depth yeah, into, sure. in, into that meeting. Go ahead. Oh, into, into the, um, uh, you know, let's start a business together? Yeah. Yeah, well, because uh, yeah, was... I'm sure there's more to that story. Sure. Well, I think I think alcohol might have been involved because she and I hadn't even <laughs> There it is. <laughs> because um, uh, she and I hadn't even spoken in a couple of years since I'd left the company. You know, she'd uh, stayed up there a little longer than I had before, also um, moving on. And uh, her background was in broadcast radio, uh, and so she'd been. She was a personality on in the Dallas uh, top forty markets. I hope I'm saying that right. It's not my my background, but deeply passionate about audio and storytelling. She'd done the podcast for the company we worked at, was working in another podcast network. Um, and my background, you know, at that point was, uh, you know, digital marketing, business strategy, teaching people how to, um, you know, start online businesses, market, that kind of thing. So we put it together. And it's like, okay, we can do B2B podcasts. Um, and we got a couple, shook the network tree really, really hard. <laughs> got our first couple of clients, figured out how to, you know, make B2B or company podcasts workable for people. Uh, and uh, actually, we're 100% referral grown. Um, so we've never cracked the cold uh, traffic nut yet. That's a uh, goal for the next little while. But it really, it was a matter of what are we both good at? What's happening right now? Like, what can we do? Um, and um, what can we do to a really high standard um, was kind of the big one is what can we do a good job at? Uh, and that's how we kind of got into this. And over time, you know, things have refined and evolved a little bit. Um, but it's, it's been really great to work together on it. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I tell people who are looking to, whether it's supplement income or, uh, I mean, yeah, you can drive Uber you can do this, mm -hmm. you can, you can do that. But I tell people, it's like, what's something that you can teach someone else? Yeah. You know, like just, it's like, it's, it's that easy. Like my mother's, she was doing yard sales for years and, and you know, she's, you know, she's 70 now. Mm -hmm. I, told her, I said, why don't you create a manual on what you do? You know, it's like you've been doing these yard sales for like a decade. You know what I mean? So I was like, just create a manual. Tell tell people where, where you find goods. How do you price your goods? And, you know, where do you go to set up, to set up your, mm -hmm. your yard sales? Or what, what's the other thing called? Uh, uh, flea markets. Yeah. You know, yard sales or flea markets. I said, just create a guide. I don't know. Sell it for 10 bucks. You never know. You might, you might sell 100,000 of them. <laughs> you know, then you just made a million dollars. I yeah, was like, gosh. think about that. I was like, like that. That's how easy it is to take it just something simple. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, it's already in your brain. Like if I wanted to create a manual teaching youth the basics of basketball, which God, I should probably do that. You know? <laughs> but but it's like I can do that. Basketball, track and field, because I played almost every sport out there. But yeah. it's like, can you teach people to draw? Can you teach them art? Can you teach pe people to sing? Like whatever skill you yeah. have, and it doesn't have to be anything earth shattering, because there's someone out there 
that doesn't know how to do what you know how to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's it's so true, and I think we we um we really kind of came to uh you know starting a business backwards. It wasn't we need to do this thing. It was mm. we want to work together. How are we going to make it work? <laughs> um, which which is I think a lovely way to yes. to get into something. Um, but you know, but it meant a lot of missteps in the first couple of years. It meant offering services we ultimately didn't like providing. Yes. Um, although I I do love being in providing services rather than in um, just coaching and, and strict education. Yeah. We're, we're looking at in the next year or two getting more into you know membership community on demand curriculum kind of thing. But that had been you know where most of my experience had been before. And information selling is an awful market. Like mm-hmm. it can be really powerful. It can be a real force for good. But there's a lot of awful people doing bad things and yeah. being a part of that doesn't always feel great. Uh, even if, you know, you are as an individual acting ethically being part of that market, eh, mm. eh, it gives me a little feeling sometimes. Um, but yeah, you know, what market isn't going to have that? <laughs> yeah. But those are the people that are chasing money and they yeah. just put together some nonsense and charge for it. And then, like I said, the other people, they don't know any better. So they buy it. Yeah. So like, and, I, I've and, done that myself. Yeah. You know, uh, and on, was... on the buying end, on yeah. the buying end. Yeah. I bought some stuff like, I just paid 50 bucks for that. Have a, <laughs> you know? I mean, you're lucky if you got out with only 50. Yeah. <laughs> 50 oh, no, there, there, there's others I've spent more, but yeah, know, same for that example. But, but yeah, like I, I, like it's almost like they Googled something and just copied it into a document, made it look pretty and sold it. Yeah. Or, or you have, you know, they're practically MLM schemes is, you know, learn how yeah. to make money online by teaching people how to make money online. Here's the template that I bought yes. from someone else that you can now sell with someone else. Yes, exactly. <laughs> see, 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 and people have to understand the difference between that, what you just described, and actual network marketing. You know, because people mm-hmm. think that they're the same and they're definitely not. It's like network m- marketing is you do something, something that's tangible, an actual service or a product, mm-hmm. and you show someone else how to duplicate what you did. Like that's mm-hmm. completely it. That's like building building a Walmart and then yeah. building another Walmart and then building another Walmart. Just the only difference is the person building the Walmart makes all the money. And he gives <laughs> he gives everyone else pennies. Whereas in network marketing, you can actually outgrow the person who referred you. Mm-hmm. So like so that's that's just just different. I just wanted to clarify that because I hear that all the time. Oh, network marketing, that's a scam. Like it's it's really not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I wanted to clarify that. Fair enough. All right. So all right, so you and your friend are talking. You're going to work together. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, just take me through what happened next. Let's see. Well, we came up. Um, uh, uh, Audra was, uh, Audra's, Audra Casino is, is my business partner. Uh, and she was sure it was going to be video. Video is going to be the thing that we do. Um, she, she's very skilled. She has a great eye design, good narrative storytelling, all those things. We're okay. Uh, we'll come up with a company. We'll call it the Video Doctors. That's a great idea. We can work with with. I'll always B2B. Um, my interest has always kind of been B2B more than more than B2C these days. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of sucked. I didn't have a lot yeah. to contribute to it. Um, so I was having a really hard time trying to sell it because I didn't understand it on an intuitive mm-hmm. level. Um, and it just you know, it didn't work out that well. We had a couple of clients, you know, interesting work, and we made some cool stuff. Um, but it was not scalable. Um, it didn't have a way we could contribute equally to it. And that, I think, is really important in a, you know, especially a business partnership uh, making sure you each are feeling like you are able to contribute in a meaningful way to what's going on. So we switched tacks a little. And actually, um, we we didn't come up with um, 
podcasting ourselves, it was another colleague from that that same company, which is like the source of 90% of my valuable professional network is people who work, work for that company. Yeah. Um, she reached out to us and she said, I've got a client and he has been trying to launch a podcast and the company he hired totally let him down. Can you guys rescue his podcast? And we're like, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Like we we are a you know very early stage startup. We need money very badly. We will do you know anything reasonable for it. So we got into the podcast and we're like, oh, oh, this is fun. <laughs> this is fun and this this works really well. And this oh cool this this can be repurposed in in different way. Okay, let then we we did it. We really enjoyed it. And then he told a friend about us, and that friend also hired us. And then we started to to grow that way. And we we kind of really narrowed down, okay, this is the thing we can do. We can really specialize on these, um, you know, um, business podcasts or podcasts that are for businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, there, there've been more refinements and changes and different ways of doing things over the years. Yeah. But, um, and even for a while, we kind of, uh, we separated for a little while because a small company can be hard to support two founders. Um, but in the last year, we've gotten back together uh, and opened up a sister brand to One Stone Creative to do um, kind of more high-end, more narrative NPR style editing. Um, and so it's been a great journey uh, and, and nice. getting to work with people all over the world and mostly in, in the States for, for clients. Um, it's, it's just really gratifying work to, mm -hmm. to um, it's the consistency I think I really like. Um, we don't miss release dates. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, you know, ironclad rule is, is we don't miss release dates. And so getting to hit that mark every week for every client it feels good it's like a little tick box every single time <laughs> okay. so so you're creating podcasts for these businesses yeah so we we um uh, we occasionally do like a takeover if someone's already producing and they want to just hand production which would be the uh, the audio editing um okay. and writing the show notes creating the promotional materials we can take over we can also help design a podcast to gotcha. fill a particular role within a business um so mm -hmm. let's say someone wants to um really level up their networking um, in an efficient way. So it's okay, you know, podcasts will absolutely help with that. So we're going to design a show that's going to be appealing to the type of person that you want to network with. So you can invite them on that. Uh, and, and, you know, that this content can be repurposed into your sales cycle really yes. well. So thinking from the outset, how is this going to be used holistically within the business rather than it's just a podcast, it's a thing on Jenny's desk, and she's going to, you know, mm. run with it and because we have to have a podcast, but really mm. like integrating it into the business. Um, how can this be valuable in different ways? Um, because business podcasting is is different than podcasting for passion or even podcasting as a business in and of itself. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to ha meet KPIs. Yeah. You're a business. <laughs> like it's a it's a marketing channel. It's it's not just your passion. Yeah. Uh, you know, it really has to work for you. And you know, nine times out of ten, if you don't plan what it working successfully looks like, you're not going to get there. <laughs> so you know, we start with what is success going to look like and work towards that. See, and I'm glad you said that because I, I say that, guys, I mean, done, done over 200 episodes, yeah. probably at least half, where, where I say, like, what does success mean to you? Mm -hmm. You know, because too many times when we're looking at someone else's su success, like if you look at Tony Robbins, right, dude's a billionaire, you know, he's got 80, I think it's like 88 businesses or something. Yeah. That does not appeal to me one else. <laughs> you know, not at all. Like that that doesn't do it for me. I'm a, I'm a very small, I want to say small-minded, like mentally, but in the grand scheme of things, like mm -hmm. I don't want something that big. I just want something that gives me like time freedom, financial freedom, mm -hmm. you know, that I can do go be a present for all of my kids stuff yeah. and just travel when I want to. It's like, I, that's all I want. I love that. And I think, I think that is a, a concept. I've been thinking about this a, a lot in the last, 
it's over the pandemic when you have so much time to think. And it's the <laughs> yeah. concept of enough. Yeah. And that I think is not a popular enough concept um, in business, in, in life. What is enough? Uh, you know, and you know, my, my idea of success is very similar to yours. You know, I want enough money to pay my bills. I want enough time to do things I like and spend with my family. And I want mm -hmm. enough reputation that people will trust my word when I say yes. something. That's like, that's, I can't imagine success better than that. Yeah. You know what, but it's, what is enough? And you like people who don't have enough, you know, you're, you're Elon Musk, you're Tony Robbins. What are you going to do with billions of dollars? Yeah. How can you wake up every day with billions of dollars and not just out be compulsively making the world a better place? What <laughs> what kind of person do you have to be to actually acquire a billion dollars? I'm not convinced it's a great one. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, and so I mean, people who work for a lot of bit, but they're like, wow, like they're intense. Like they are yeah. absolutely intense. And and again, and it's no knock on them. Like if that drives you, by all means, you go sure. be you. But that just doesn't drive me, you know. Same, like, like, I, I, I didn't go to all the trouble of starting my own business so I could work evenings and weekends. Like you I know, <laughs> we know. It's like when I got a couple business partners years ago, and you know, we did some, we, we did some great things. We really did, you know. Ended up taking it from my gym from just a hobby, you know. When I, when I left, the, well, I started mm -hmm. at the tail end of the restaurant industry, and then ended up pursuing it full full force. You know, we were able to open up a beautiful facility, 5,000 yeah. square feet. People were coming in in droves. You know, we really didn't have any competition in the area where I was. Yeah. And it, it grew great. I had seven employees. I had an assistant. And, and I had them too. And But, like, at, at the end of all of it, like, I was making about the same I was making managing restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so it's like I have all these people. I'm doing all these evaluations, all these. And I love the people. Don't get me wrong. I love the people. But the back end stuff, I was like, this this isn't fun. You know, it was <laughs> it was nice having you know 30 people come in at five o'clock and another 30 people coming in at six, then another 30 people coming in at nine, and then at night, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, just just hundreds of people coming in per day. He said it was awesome, but at, but again, at the end of the day, it's like I feel the same way I felt in the restaurant. Yeah. You know, so it's like in 2017, our lease was our lease was up where we were and I'd made the tough decision to downsize yeah. you know it, it was really it was a really tough decision but I'm far happier now so like I'm still in the gym setting I'm still helping people crush their gold and but it's not overwhelming now you know like the you know there was just so much weight on me and it wasn't fun and then the business partners all they really cared about was making more money making more money I'm like we have 200 and some odd people in here now <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like, why can't we just pour into the people we have now? And then yeah. we just, we just had differing of opinions, and then that whole thing went south. But that's an, that's another story. But, but so for me, like, I don't want ten different businesses and a thousand employees, and like that doesn't do it for me. So yeah. hammering down what people's definition of success, I think, is key because they might think that they want that until they actually get it. Very, very much so. And I, and, then, and I think a lot of people probably find themselves in that situation. And that is a really uncomfortable place to find yourself because everything you've ever heard, everything everyone has ever taught you is that this is the thing that's going to be happy and make you successful. Yeah. And then you get there and no one's ever told you that you can be wrong about what you wanted. Yes, exactly. You know, you, you can work for something. You can, with the best of intentions, really put your heart and your soul into achieving something and get it and realize this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's and that's so it's true, true business and relationships and and absolutely everything you know it's it's mm -hmm. you know it doesn't 
there's nothing wrong with you if what you thought you wanted didn't turn out to work. Yes. Let, let me share, share quick, quickly. So there, there's a woman, she, she used to train with me years ago. She mm -hmm. reached out to me because she knows I, I, I help people, you know, and um, come up with business ideas and all that good stuff. So she says to me, <laughs> you know, I know you spend a lot of time in the restaurant industry and it's always been a dream of mine to open my own kind of restaurant slash bar. I was like, all right, I said, so let's let's meet up on Zoom and we'll talk about it. So I'm pick, picking a brain as like the why do you want to do this? Like, you know, what's your vision for it? And she's um she's of African descent and she's like, you know, wh where I live, there's nothing really embracing like the different African cultures. So I want to start a restaurant, have theme nights, maybe, maybe one night be Ethiopian, one night be from Ghana, one night from Zambia and Zaire. And I was like, Con concept sounds sounds nice but then i was like i love that idea <laughs> but then i was like have you ever worked in a restaurant mm. no have you ever worked in a bar <laughs> she's like no i was like okay so you, you've never seen the inner workings of a restaurant and she's like no i was like okay i said now i'm, I'm just gonna give you some brutal truths here <laughs> <laughs> i was like i am not trying to rain on your parade but and then I just went through the whole the whole list. And so going back to what we both said about it may not look the way you thought originally. And so I, I said to her, I said, I said, look, I said, you are into fitness. All right. I said, you, you know, you're in. I said, so why don't you open up so, something like a fitness center and have have you can still have an African themed mm -hmm. and you can still have the different cultures, you know, like maybe on Tuesdays, have people dressed up in Ethiopian colors. And then on Wednesdays, you do South African colors, you know, or, or whatever. And you can play the, the different mu musics from, from the different countries. I said, and that way, fitness is way less overhead. There's way less nonsense. Mm -hmm. You'll need way less staff. I said, in order for you to open a restaurant, you're going to need at least a million dollars. At least. Like, that's minimum. And her eyes get all big. <laughs> you know, so, but, but just helping her walk through that. But I think mm -hmm. she liked the fitness aspect. You know, so going back to what I said earlier, what you really want, it's a, I'm like, you love fitness, you love the African culture, marry the two. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. And figure out, I mean, what's what's the uh, what's the outcome you're working towards? You know, yeah. and work backwards from that. How do you get the, you know, as much good outcome with as little personal trauma as you can? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, she said she wanted the dancing and all that, and, and you still can, because like, in, mm -hmm. in fitness, music's a huge component of it. Oh, yeah. You know, and like I said, you can have the theme nights. I mean, I'm not really into the theme nights, but like I see other gyms, you know, they do 80s nights and they do Halloween parties and Christmas parties and all that stuff. And, you know, it, it's That's part funny. of the industry. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, and you're already, you're already within the industry. Like you've, you've taught classes, you've been taking classes for, I think I met her like 10 years ago, I want to say. Oh, yeah. I was, I was like, so you're already there. So, so why try to educate yourself in something that you know nothing about? when you can take something you already know about and just bring it to life. Yeah. I think that, that I mean, that's restaurants because you hear that story all the time, right? Well, people yeah. have, you know, like, you know, with, with, with mom's great cooking and dad's business sense, we'll have a successful restaurant. Yes. So everyone <laughs> thinks they can do it because everyone has eaten at restaurants. Yes. Oh, how hard can it be just to make food and bring it out to people? Yeah. You'll <laughs> like, be surprised. Oh, oh darling. <laughs> <laughs> like, bless Eat a grease heart. trap and then tell me how you feel. <laughs> Or the fans, the fans above the grill. Lord have mercy. 
<laughs> Work a closing shift with a third degree burn. Then let's talk. Yes. Oh, I've done, I've done I've burned my eyelid before. Oof. Working working it in a breakfast place. Like they had all stainless steel pans. And, you know, the pan for my height, the pans were eye level. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have depth perception issues because I'm farsighted. And I know mm-hmm. I should I should wear glasses and I don't. But, but like I leaned over to get something and the thing went right on my eyelid on Mother's Day. The oh, busiest the breakfast day of the year. <laughs> and I had to work the rest of that shift with my eye throbbing. Oh, it's awful. But anyways, so, all right. So back to, back to you and your business. So how did you come up with what you're doing now? Because I'm sure when, when you started it, mm-hmm. it, evol- it evolved a little. Just like when I started my gym, it, it, it evolved to, to where, where we are now. So how, how many times did you have to tweak or pivot or switch things up? I, th- I think it was um, you know, of, after kind of that initial hard pivot from video to audio, uh, it was much more a process of refinements yeah. over time um, and very much data driven um, more than than anything else um, you know, beyond does this feel good? Do we like it? Can we do what we say we're going to do? Yeah. Um, but it's just like, OK, no, this is what um, is the most profitable um, you know, of the things that we do and we enjoy. This is um, what has the best value. Um, to the people that we're doing it for. This is what we can do with, um, you know, this is what our team likes doing the most. This is what we have the best skills to provide. And um, it's it's like, oh, and several, goodness, we're undercharging, aren't we? (laughs) Moments. (laughs) We've all all done that. We've all been there. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I mean, we we don't charge, uh, we're not the most expensive podcast producers in the industry. Um, Coming coming back to that concept of enough, um, I, I want things to, you know, cost enough that people value them when we do them. And I want to be able to pay everyone who works on it comfortably yes. enough so that they don't have to worry. Um, but don't need much more than that. That doesn't, doesn't have to be more than that. So that's, uh, we're kind of comfortably mid-range, I think, in that in that regard, which feels really good. This is a yes. nice spot to be. And, uh, and now we're kind of getting to a point where we've got great systems and we've got a wonderful team in place that handles most of the day-to-day. Um, for me, getting out of the day-to-day, um, I'll tell you a funny story. I think you'll like this. I hired a brilliant admin um, who's wonderful. And then I micromanaged her. And I was getting in the way of the process and I was confusing things. And then one day she very kindly and extremely polite language um, told me to back the F off and let her do the job. <laughs> and I said, you're absolutely right. Let me do that immediately. <laughs> And since then, we've had no problems whatsoever. I love it. I'm so grateful that she felt comfortable saying that to me. (laughs) She was absolutely right. I was I was just muddying the waters by by Mm -hmm. being involved in that stuff. So we just we we figured out all all I need to know is a daily. Here's what's going right. Here's what's going wrong. So she sends me that every morning, and I don't think about it otherwise. See, and it's nice when you have that person because let me tell you, like, and I'm not saying this in like I'm a tough guy kind of way. Mm I've clashed with every single supervisor I've ever had. Every single one. Because my thing is, give me the task, I will execute the task. Yeah. Like, it's that simple. While I'm executing the task, don't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, unless I'm screwing something up, you know, by all means, I can yeah. take I can take corrective action. That's not a problem. But it's like, it's just that, that unnecessary micromanaging. Yeah. Huge pet peeve of mine. Huge, huge, huge. Oh, yeah, it, like, it drives me bananas too. And so I, I was yes. 
quite embarrassed to realize that is what I had been doing. Because um, yeah. I, I hadn't done it intentionally. <laughs> I very much believe in the theory of no hire smart people, let them do their jobs. But here I was kind of mm. worried about the day to day making like, and I, all, all I was doing was causing trouble. And so that was, it was a nice humbling moment to be like, nope, you, you the, <laughs> the smart thing I did was hire the smart person. I don't need yes. to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> See, then I had, I had one the opposite where it's like, she was looking for that micro. Cause my thing mm. is if I hire you, this is what I want. Go do it. Yeah. You know, then, then if you do something that maybe I want to tweak, I'll let you know and we'll tweak it. But, but it's all right. So how do you want this to look? And how do you want this? And how do you want that? And how, I'm like, if I was going to do all that, I wouldn't need you. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a wild bet and say that that person worked for a hard to please narcissist before they worked for you. And Probably. they would be told <laughs> to, you know, make decisions, you're empowered, and then everything they do would be wrong. And they'd be penalized yeah. for doing it. I bet that's the situation they came from. <laughs> Probably. All right. So my sister, I, I put it up already, mm -hmm. but I want to get get your, your thoughts on this. Like marketing is an art, in my opinion, and digital marketing even more so. So before you guys want to give, give my, my two cents. Yeah. Because like what, what I've learned is most people try to market their product instead of marketing the solution. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, so like take the scrub daddy, you know, that that. Yeah that the, the scrub pad with the smiley face on it. And so watching those commercials, you know, they're talking about how how it solves the problem that the traditional sponges don't solve. So mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get into that. But I feel like even, even with trainers, like you go to some trainers' websites and it's all about them and their degrees mm -hmm. and they're this and they're that. And it's like, and if I'm, if I'm Jane out of shape woman and I just ate a bag of chips, and I'm feeling bad about myself, and I go on the internet and I do what's like, I don't want to read all about you. You know, it's like, I mm -hmm. want to read about something that addresses my problem. Mm -hmm. You know, so what are your thoughts on that? I, I think, I mean, that the, the, I, I, I agree with it. Like, I, I, you, you want to talk about how you're addressing problems. I, mm -hmm. I think there's not enough straight facts in marketing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I understand why people, tell their personal stories and their rags to riches tale and their hero's journey that you hear in every freaking webinar you attend. <laughs> like, I get why it's done. And yeah. I find it absolutely infuriating. I don't want to hear the commercialization of your personal pain. I, I'm not interested. I don't like that you're trying to make money from that. <laughs> As a human, I'm glad that you're thriving now and that you've, you know, like person to person, like, I'm always interested to hear someone's story and get to know them. In a sales perspective, just tell me what you're going to do. Tell me how you're going to do it and tell me what it's going to cost me. <laughs> Yeah. I know what I need. True. <laughs> Give me the information to make that decision. Agreed. Agreed. See, so I think and, but go ahead. people do go ahead. it because it works. Um, yeah. So that's that's where I'd kind of come up against. I mean, people wouldn't be doing it if it didn't work. Um, yeah. But I still find it really frustrating and I won't do it personally, which has probably cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years. <laughs> See, and, and, and you know what? I agree a thousand percent with that because I'm, I'm very stern in my consultation process in the mm -hmm. gym. And I know, I like the last challenge I did, 11 people joined. I have one remaining. <laughs> I have one. Like the other 10 could not hang. Yeah. But, I, but I set very, very clear expectations. Very clear. And it's like, if you can't live up to this, yep. do not join. And and, so same, and same thing. Like my former business coach is like, like, Robert, you're costing yourself so much money. I said, no, I'm costing myself headaches of dealing with the yes. people who aren't ready to commit. You know, because like I'm the type I'm an athlete. You know, mm -hmm. I've been I, I got out of shape one time 
but I felt being an athlete before. Yeah. So it was easy for me. I mean, it wasn't easy. It was, it was hard work, but it was easy for me to focus on what I wanted yeah. because I felt it already. You know, so working with people who may have been sedentary their entire lives, I always say it's easier to drag badass out of someone than to try to stuff it in. Yeah. You know, so someone who was a former athlete or former runner or whatever it was, maybe they let themselves go. I can help them tap back into that person. Mm-hmm. But someone who's never had it, it's like, I'm not the right person for you. Yeah. You know, so it's not like me being snotty. I don't want to work with that person. It's like, no, it's like you're better off with someone who took a similar journey and then found fitness. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. you need that person. Yeah. Or, or even someone who, you know, their deep passion is helping someone go from, you know, zero to 40 rather than mm-hmm. from 50 to 100. Um, yeah. I think it, it, and it, it is so much about just be really clear. About, like, I think the most this, the underpinning of everything is just be the person who does what they say they're going to do. Yeah. You know, be that person as a marketer, be it as a business owner, be it as a customer. Just, you know, mm-hmm. and if you, that if you were talking about, you know, that uh, having drive would save the world, you know, just doing what you say you're going to do, do, do a lot to, <clears throat> oh, pardon, make the world a better place too. <laughs> yeah, true. See, I, I want to address on this here too. So it says, I saved, I saved my me story for the training class, but now nobody has just one me story because mm-hmm. uh, now again, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for fitness, you know, for yeah. fitness, because I've had seven surgeries. So wow. one of the biggest things when people come into fitness, like, oh, well, I had shoulder surgery, so I'm not going to be able to X, Y, Z. And then I'll say, well, I also had shoulder surgery in 2015 and these were the steps I took. And, you know, so like if you can connect with them on that level, you don't want to just say, hi, I'm Rob Foster and I have these certifications. I've been training for this long and I've trained yeah. thousands of feet. No one cares about that, you know, but but if they bring up something that you have something similar, now they're like, oh, you know my pain. Yeah. You know, see, then that's completely different. Like when I was going to, to buy my car and, you know, they say, don't trust the used car salespeople, but. But it's like, I told them up front, I was like, don't hustle me. <laughs> I was like, don't hustle me. I was like, this is what I'm looking for. And he brought me to the first car he showed me was the car I ended up buying. But he ended up showing me a couple other ones. And he's like, this one, this one right here looks like you. I'm like, but I want that Mazda. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but you know, you said you had X amount. I said, stop right there. I want the Mazda. I was like, you keep talking. You might miss mine and lose the sale. <laughs> I said, so let's go back to the Mazda and, and let me know how I can get that one. <laughs> oh, man. Why, why do some people make it so hard to spend money? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I, get this, I, I live in Quebec, right? And um, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard about the the labyrinthine, maybe even Kafka-esque bureaucracy that involves every no. element of living in Quebec. It's... Um, no, I haven't heard that. Uh, what did my friend in Moscow say? It makes the Soviets look like amateurs. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, and it, it comes up every year for me when I p- try to pay my taxes, right? Like, I mm. want to pay my taxes like a good citizen. <laughs> Why is it so hard? Why does it take me two weeks and three phone calls? <laughs> <laughs> for real. Just, just let me send you the money. <laughs> yes. I know. It's so true. Like, when you call back, press one, and now press two. Now enter your your account number. Now enter this. Now enter that. And then somebody finally comes to the phone. What's the first thing that they say? Can I have your account number? Okay. All of that. <laughs> but first, you have to listen to it in French before hearing for service in English. Press nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so true. <laughs> oh, God. So, so what's next for you? 
What is next? Well, um, this is a, a just this week actually we published the very first episode, the teaser episode of uh, our very first podcast at One Stone Creative. So after years of behind the scenes work, we are finally doing our own show because we can't put it off any longer. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. I'm, I'm a behind the scenes person by nature, so going out yeah. and being the host is not like filling me with joy and rainbows and puppies. <laughs> They, and, and I'm the I thrive on that. Yeah, I can I can do it. Like I'm not I'm not a shy person, but being in the spotlight brings me no joy. So I, I don't mm. pursue those opportunities very often. <laughs> so, but you know, it's time we need to have one to kind of show the different things we can do and and yes. network. So, uh, so I am quite excited about it. It's called the Business Podcast Blueprint, and uh, so it's mm. it's that's kind of the next thing we're doing. Hopefully. Um, you know, in a couple of months, we're going to have a membership community that goes alongside of it nice. um, to provide for company podcasters or people podcasting for their businesses um, the kind of support and, and you know, direct one-to-one -one insight that can make a really big difference uh, in, in how you do things. So it's like, you know, um, should I be making my episodes 30 minutes or an hour long? Well, that's the kind of question we're going to be able to address sort of in the, in the new group that we're coming up with and give, gotcha. giving that on-demand uh, type of answer. So I'm super excited about that and very hopeful. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be doing some, something similar too. What what platform are you going to be using for your private community? Slack. Slack. I don't know if I've heard of Slack. It's a it's a it's it's my favorite of the community platforms. It's not it, it's designed kind of as a professional communicate. It's usually used, I think, as an internal tool. Yeah. Um, but I really like the way it has of any of the kind of online collaboration tools I've tried. It has the fastest uptake amongst okay. users that I have personally seen. I don't know if it's you know, that's objective truth or not, but I, I've seen it be very mm. effective. Um, it's like, um, yeah, many has Slack. Uh, <laughs> someone said it's it's like Discord for old people. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because <yeah. laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking into uh, into locals for, for mine. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I, I help people with, with the storytelling. Like I help with brand stories as well. But yeah. I'm finding now like there's so many people that just bury past experiences. And mm -hmm. so like I was working with, with a few women, and I told this a few times on this show, so I'm not going to go all the way through. But, but just as I'm going through helping the, helping this woman with her pitch, it, it took round three before she said she was a stroke survivor at the wow. age of at the age of 36. And I was like, um, why did it take 20 minutes for that to surface? <laughs> you know, so so it's like I uh, settle down, Monique. She said, she said, you, you just made, made them feel young for not having slack. <laughs> but uh, but I was, I was like, you started a holistic healing business, you know, and what, based on what you did to help you reverse the effects of having the stroke, it's like, it's really cool. that's got to be part of your story. Yeah. You know, it's like, why is that not involved in it? So, so from honestly all this derived from starting the podcast is like when i started it i really had no direction for it like mm -hmm. i really wasn't looking to to monetize it you know like i'm not looking to be like joe rogan getting paid 30 mil million dollars you know to talk to people but i was looking at more more so to just talk to people and learn from them yeah. like, like this is my third notebook that i'm on because everyone who comes on i take notes and i and awesome. I, just, I just listen to what they say and then, like, as I'm working with people in their story creations, like, I take other people's stories and help other people formulate theirs. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> know what I mean? So it's like, that's what I do with mine. Because people message me all the time say, how do you monetize your podcast? Like, I don't really monetize the podcast. I said, but it opens up opportunities for other things. Like, a couple of us are collaborating on doing an, a, a virtual event. 
on yeah. their various topics. Other other on um, once they have radio shows and they, mm-hmm. they they have me as guests on their shows and so like it opens up other doors, you know. So yeah. and so with the private community is I want to get people in, and it doesn't it doesn't cost a lot to join. It's like four dollars a month, you know. Oh, yeah. But it's but people get to accessible. come in and learn the power of telling their stories. You know, and, and, and again, and not the not the given the resume, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't care about your resume. I'm like, yeah, who are you at your core? And then tell the story of how you became that person. Mm-hmm. It's like that's where other people relate to your stories. So like if you just say, Yeah, I I have a million dollar business, I have a big house on the beach, and I drive a Lamborghini, no no one's gonna care about that. But if you say I grew up like this, you know, mm-hmm. I had parents who told me this, or I had a brother who used to belittle me and call me names. And, mm-hmm. and then you were able to, to pivot that mindset, create something amazing. And then this is the steps I took to do it. Now yeah. they're like, I can follow that. You know, so that's Very the beauty. Cool. That's the beauty in the storytelling. That sounds like it's going to be a really exciting project. It is. It yeah. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have my, my website's under construction. I'm finally getting a big boy, a big boy w- website made, not, <laughs> not the the forty dollar fiber fiber person in Bangladesh making them. I actually hired an actual firm and getting a, I mean, uh, whatever it's called. But that's exciting. Know, going going all in with it. So it's just a matter of getting people to to realize, hey, he carries on. You know, getting people to to realize what their what their superpower actually is and going back to what what we said an hour ago mm-hmm. it, it's already in there it very much is you know it's already in there all right so give us some fine give us some final thoughts let's see some uh some final thoughts maybe uh we'll go back to uh thinking outside the box um mm-hmm. and i think especially you know as someone who is looking to build a business or get into the entrepreneurs there's a couple things to remember one it's it's, it's a numbers game yeah. You know, just be willing to go out, figure out what you can do, offer it to 100 people, and you're going to have a lot more data at the end of that process than you did at the beginning. You can hopefully a little more money, too. Yeah. And the other thing is just because something has been done a certain way doesn't mean it's the only way or the best way for it mm-hmm. to be done. Yeah. Any path that you can imagine from point A to point B is worth giving a shot, um, you know, which isn't to say you shouldn't look at, you know, examples of things that have gone well or gone poorly in the past. Um, but, I mean, at this point, especially when you're just getting started, all you've got to lose is your own time. Just yeah. test things out. <laughs> what, what are you here for but to learn anyway? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and I think, you know, approaching things with that attitude of, okay, well, let's just let's just do this and see what happens. Um, you know, from a business creation standpoint, I think that's, that's the best part about it is, is no one can tell you, no, we, do th- we don't do things that way. Yes. Because, well, no, I'm the boss. I do do things that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try doing things that way. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I'm going to try doing things that way. Uh, that's and that's true. a huge freedom, uh, a really exciting thing to be able to do. That's one of my favorite parts uh, about this. I like being able to say, like, okay, I work with contractors all around the world. I still give them P- PTO because I can. Yeah. And why not? <laughs> I'm going to do it that way. Yes. I'm the boss. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I love it too. And you know, like my, my sister put up there, you must be willing to learn Yeah. and you must not, you must not be afraid to fail. You know, it's like, but we got to have, we got to repair that relationship with failure. Oh, yeah. Because I say, I say, there are things that I kick ass at. There are things I do not kick ass at. Mm-hmm. But you learn from both. So, oh, like, absolutely. the things that work, it's like, okay, I'm going to keep doing these. The things that don't work, okay, I'm going to find a better way to do these. 
Yeah, and you, you can know. you can you can um, do things just because you enjoy them. Like I, I do ceramics um, as a hobby, and mm. I have a, a distinct and notable lack of talent. Um, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm really not that good at it at all, but I really enjoy it. That's and, awesome. Um, you know, because it's it's a skill I get to keep getting a tiny little bit better every time. It keeps me in the mindset of learning and, yes. and of practicing and just being really comfortable with the fact that um, this is probably going to explode in the kiln. Don't get attached. <laughs> it's, it's, you're not going to be able to drink coffee out of this. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's one of the best things I do is because it, it is such consistent and regular feedback that you suck uh which keeps you (laughs) (laughs) keeps your ego real low (laughs) see and i love the fact that you keep trying it though keep trying just like in the gym today one of the newer women she was trying to climb climb the rope and i was like all right listen today's goal is not for you to climb the rope it's it's almost 20 feet high i said your goal is to learn the lock-in okay Mm -hmm. so if you get on you don't say i can't climb the rope you say i just learned to lock in that's what yeah. we do. Then eventually you'll be able to shimmy up one foot. And then what you shimmy that one foot and then come back down. That's not a failure. That That's a score. You learn now to lock in and shimmy a foot. It's like, okay. it's a process. You know, yep. it's a process. So like there is no failure. You have things you can do and things you're working on doing. So it's like, all right, you try it this way and you tweak it back. Okay. So once you heal, it's not that we're never going to do it again. We're going to try it a different way. Oh, right? yeah. so, I, I, so, I, I had um, a, a back injury a couple of years ago, uh, shoveling yeah. snow, great times. Mm. And her son flash in there, dash, sorry. And the, the daughter is afraid. And the mom says these words to her, you know, fear is not something we have a luxury to be able to embrace right now. But she says to her daughter, her son, you have more power than you realize. That's what I want people to realize. You with your experiences, with your expertise, with your knowledge, with your lived story, with um, the things that you've picked up along the way that people are asking you for help with, you have more power in that than you realize to grow your business, to build your business, to start something of your own. You have more power than you realize. And I'd love to partner with you if uh, you want to take what you have and package it into an offer if you want to take even the knowledge that you've been using in your business and free up your time, I want to ask you to even connect with me. You can go to this website, createyouroffertchallenge.com, createyouroffertchallenge.com. I do a three-day challenge to help you take your knowledge, your expertise, put it into an offer. And I'd love to work with you to help you discover that you have more power than you realize. Okay, that, that was perfect. I don't need to add anything else to that. <laughs> that was great. So thank you for taking the time. Like I said, we're definitely going to be in touch. I'm going to connect you with some, some of my other podcast friends too, you know, to get in, uh, put you in the club. <laughs> and so like, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm collaborating with a few, with a few of them too. And, um, you know, just the, the more, the more you, you connect with everyone, get you on the panels, like you never know where this is, this is going to go. Let's go. All yeah, right. Yeah, because everyone that's been on this show has been an absolute rock star, like awesome. everyone. And, you know, because we, we get deep, you know, we get deep beyond, you know, the typical talking points. So it's like, you know, I learned things about you that had I gone by the regular talking points, we wouldn't have uncovered, that's you true. know. So yeah. it's like, like, I love it. So thank you for being vulnerable, you know, share, sharing those those messy moments of your life. And uh, yeah, I'll, de- I'll definitely have you on again. So we'll be in touch. Thanks, Robert. All right, man. Take care. All right. All right. Yeah. So that was Kimon. That was another awesome, awesome discussion. So 
for those of you who, who are tuning in late, make sure you go back and watch the whole thing because Yields is all about the journey from, and I, I like the name of, of his business is Idea to Life. So you have something in that brain of yours that you want to be doing that makes you happy. It makes you feel fulfilled. It sets your soul on fire. He can help you get that done. Go to createyourofferchallenge.com and just get the process started, right? It's a free course. So you have nothing to lose, but you can possibly have absolutely everything to gain. So I'm going to leave you with those words and I will be back tomorrow. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind. I was like, why why is this in the jump pile? It was like these two just steel, steel beams. So mm-hmm. to her, that was just trash. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I guarantee you someone will pay for that. You know, it was like, it's like I definitely am not handy the way my dad was, but in watching him, I learned a lot. Yeah. And so so I told her, I was like, put that on the marketplace. And it was either a day or two later, somebody drove from 75 minutes away. To, to get those those rusty metal beams. And I don't remember exactly how, how much they paid for, but but I was like, you know, it was right around a hundred bucks. And I thought I was like, and you were about to throw throw that out. And there was mm-hmm. so many, so many other things. Like, yeah, no one's gonna pay for that. I'm like, never assume what someone may need. Well, like, you, uh, you can never even assume what, what you'll need yourself. We've got um yes, I, I have true. um <laughs> um I, I'm not like super minimalist or anything, but about you know, once every year or two I get this overwhelming compulsion to just discard everything that I own. <laughs> clean it out get rid of it yeah i get that from my mother um but my partner does not have such an instinct yeah and every now and then because but they believe in like living in a clean tidy you know home that we can use and enjoy but every now and then they'll they'll need to go to fix something in the house yeah. and they'll find that one screw in the hoard of screws that hasn't been touched for years and they're just like megan we can't throw out anything ever again something random came in useful again <laughs> Yeah, we have to keep it all. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but that's pretty much how he was too. Like he would, he wouldn't get rid of anything. He's just mm-hmm. like you. You never know. You never know when when you'll need it. And okay, damnably, sometimes they do come in really handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you find out you need it once you throw it out. Always, <laughs> absolutely, consistently. Always, yeah. Yeah, but I had something. I don't remember what it was, but it was in my basement for years, mm-hmm. years. I finally, I sold it on Marketplace. And it was like three or four days later. I was like, damn, I wish I had that. <laughs> so I hadn't yeah. thought about it in years until you get rid of it. And the, the universe is like, bingo, here we go. <laughs> oh, no, that's like, it's like when you can't find something and you're just like, well, I know I put it somewhere extremely sensible. Yes. Was- <laughs> put it somewhere where I don't lose it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you lose it anyway. <laughs> All right, so let people let people know how to get in touch with you, where they can find you, your social channels, all that good stuff. Definitely. Well, um, you'll find us uh, mainly at uh, onestonecreative.net, and if you'd like to get in touch with me, the best way is email. Um, so it's Megan at onestonecreative.net. M e g a n one is o n e. Um, I answer emails really quickly, um, and I have really great intentions regarding social media um, that <laughs> are not associated with a great deal of follow through at the moment. So. <laughs> 
awesome. It is something I am intending to get better at. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, onestonecreative.net. And there you'll find some cool stuff, some interesting articles, some great how-tos, um, and our very exciting State of Business Podcasting report, uh, which we released for the second year in a row in December, all about what the top 100 business podcasts are doing. Mm, interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, this was good stuff. Um, this was lovely. Yes. I want to talk to you backstage once we're once we're all sure. there. I love the backstage, like we're live. Right? Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but thank you for taking the time to come out and share your expertise. It was a fun conversation. It was. And um, I do I do panels. So uh, I'll most likely invite you back to be on one of the panels. This is that sounds uh, great. Like an idea of what they what they look like. We've done five of them so far, and all five have really rocked. So oh, awesome! They, they just with our personalities and stuff that uh, you'll de definitely add some value to the next. I think I had the next one fill filled up already, but maybe for March. You, I mean, you you schedule things out to a really impressive level. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, let me tell you, like this happened totally by accident so mm -hmm. when i when i i think my first eight to ten episodes i don't remember the exact number it was just me talking about yeah. fit about fitness stuff because i didn't really know what, what direction i wanted this to go and this goes back to like you just need one you just need yeah. one post so i joined this group called the virtual stage challenge and mm -hmm. the admin said if you guys want to promote anything promote it because you know with a lot of these groups the admins don't let you post links or anything sure. So I posted one link. I had a generic, a um, I had a generic flyer that I made myself on Calendly. Like I'm not artistic, not, not Calendly, Canva. Yeah. And and it, it was enough to get the point across, but it was that like I look back at it now and it's hideous. But uh, I had that, and I was only doing one show a week at that point. Mm -hmm. But and from that one post, I booked four months out. So I was like, holy crap! And so cool. I added a second one. I just posted in the group that I added a second one and booked another four, four weeks out. Right. I mean, four, four months out. And so then I joined this one called National Publicity Summit. Mm -hmm. And they had 65 people on there, I want to say. And mine's about storytelling. So mm -hmm. everybody has a story. So like, unless unless your business is really, really hideous, I, I let people on. I mean, I've had... I've had former pimps on, former gang members. I had a Playboy center, centerfold, uh, whatever you call it. Center, I don't, you can tell I don't read it because I don't know what it's called. But, um, model. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but like I've had people from all walks of life because the journeys are, are amazing. So anyway, it was 65 people. I invited all 65 and 60 booked. So that's, so, that, cool. <laughs> so that's why I'm booking so far out. Yeah. Like I, I didn't really do anything major like you know when people ask me how are you booking out so far like everybody has a story so it's like i don't want to turn anyone away because they they may have a really unique story what, what a great attitude to approach this with i, I absolutely <laughs> love true. that i think that's a, you know, i mean i mean working you know podcasts you know built for business development yeah it, it's a lot more strategic even to the point of being a little by necessity mercenary yeah. um but I, I love that idea of let's talk to everyone and hear their story I think that's, yeah that's like when when um I came across the uh, the Playboy model and I was like um do, do I want to go down that route and then like, I read a little bit into a backstory and I and there was a story there so I was like you know what I, I kind of want to hear the rest of the story totally you know because like now she's like one of one of the top one percent in her industry she she does uh some type of marketing I don't remember exactly what because that was a lot of show, shows ago but but like she she used that as a tool 
to elevate herself to the next level, you know? So, like, right. I, I wanted to get the ins and outs of how she pulled that off. So, and then the guy who was the former pimp, that that was a hell of an episode. Because <laughs> he, he did not hold back. But he actually used his experiences as a pimp to become a successful businessman now. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so your face, so, like, when, when I was reading it, that was me at first, like, well, yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm super pro sex worker, but uh, I'm, you know, I don't know necessarily how I feel about people who profit off the labor of sex workers. Well, agree. <laughs> I'll agree. have to listen to the episode and find out. Yeah, it was definitely an eye-opening episode, but just like the way he was talking, he's like, you know, I wasn't proud of it. He's like, but it was bringing in the money. He's like, you know, the girls were making money and just, it, it really was a, a interesting episode. I'm, I'm going to look it up and listen to it. Yeah, that sounds really fascinating. Yes. Yeah, so like, had I turned them away, I would have never really yeah, got yeah. that that insight because I only know what they show you on movies and stuff. So to true. actually yeah. get a real life encounter of someone that's been down that road, it was it was pretty it was pretty that's interesting. So cool. <laughs> All righty, so I'm gonna break this down. Like I said, don't don't sign out though because I want to uh, okay. go over a couple of things with you, and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. All right, take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, so that was Megan. If you tuned in late, make sure you go back and like Kelsey. What's up, kid? Make sure you listen to the rest of the episode. We covered a whole lot of topics, and uh, her personality is fantastic. So this is just a really good, good listen to. And I will be back tomorrow. I know I usually don't do Saturdays. I'll be back tomorrow, but I guess I had a few weeks ago. We had such a great conversation, and we left so much on the table that I'm bringing her back again tomorrow so we can continue the conversation. That's Trish, and then I'll be back again on Sunday as well. So Sundays are back on the schedule because I screwed up, and I thought I took it off for all of 2021, but apparently I didn't continue it for 2022, so Sundays are booked out till May right now. So I'm going to keep Sundays going, right? So I'm not going to turn all those people away. So that's all I got for you for today. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time.